Hey everyone, welcome to Photography Chat, um, Season 2, Episode 18. Uh, we're going to have uh, Don Stenzel with us here in a moment, and yeah. I also want to uh, apologize for um, being so heated last week's episode. Um, kind of... Uh, Went on a bit of a rant there, and uh, I'm sorry if I offended anyone last week, so we'll work on um, being a little less uh, emotional, I suppose. Uh, so let's see if we get Don on here with us, and we can kick things off. What's up, JP? Hey, Bill. How's everyone's week going? Okay. Looks like she will be with us here momentarily. Hello, how's it going? Hey Bill, uh, it's not too bad. It's um, a bit of an adjustment for sure. Um, just getting settled in. My life is all boxes right now. Can you guys hear me? that the audio is working. Yeah, here, while we're, we're waiting, I'll give you guys the, the grand tour of the new digs. So it's much uh, smaller than the place that I had before, but uh, it's cozy. Yeah, lots of camera stuff. Um, haven't got everything all set up yet, but um, working on it. The weather's been pretty nice in Vancouver. Been enjoying it here. Um, the neighborhood's really nice. Everything's like really walkable uh, where I am. So yeah, it's been pretty cool. I've been out to take some pictures and there we go. We have Dawn on now. So let's get her on the line. Hello. Hello, you're sideways. I'm sideways. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> Just one second. <laughs> How's it going? You should totally come visit Vancouver sometime. Um, it is going great. Um, the humidity is a little insane. It's making me have like wicked curly hair today. Well, you're not um, used to the West Coast. <laughs> well... It's not like the humidity isn't as bad as Toronto. Like I'm just gonna get a little holder. I can uh, okay. hear you. 
No problem. Yeah, the the humidity in in Toronto is is way worse than uh, than Vancouver. Like I learned new ways to hate my body that I didn't know were possible when I moved out to Toronto. I love your view though. Here we go. Sorry, I had it on my gimbal, and I guess that's just not the right way to do it on Instagram Live. That's all right. Yeah, that works. Okay. There we go. So how are things? Good. Just how getting all settled in to the, the new place. Um, I have almost all of the boxes unpacked. Now I just have to organize everything. Oh, man. I hate moving. <laughs> Me too. I am um, not super thrilled about moving. And it's, it's a big adjustment, too, because I went from, like, a one-bedroom apartment to a studio apartment. So... Um, oh, wow. I'd like condense all of my stuff. Yeah. Did and uh, did you drive yeah. it all out here then, or? <laughs> <laughs> what, what I did. <laughs> oh my god. Um, it was a fucking nightmare, honestly. So, I when I first moved out to Toronto, I had a different car, um, which probably would have been totally fine if I still had that car uh, this trip. Um, but between the stuff I had in the trailer and the stuff I had in the car, it was just enough weight that when I would go over bumps, the back tires would like rub on the inner fender. And oh, after 2,800 kilometers in the middle of Saskatchewan, uh, both my back tires flew out. What? Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. At like, it was like seven at night. So everything had just closed too. So it was rad. Um, it was like in front of this sign for like Herbert or something like that. I hate that sign now. Cause like I stared at it for like <laughs> four hours. Um, yeah. Cause it was, it was magical. Um, because I didn't know who to call at first because I'm like in the middle of nowhere. I don't have CAA or anything like that. So I ended up calling the cops and asking them on the non-emergency line, you know, if they would recommend a tow truck company or something and um, then found a tire place that would do like an after hours call out to change the tire. But because I'm really smart and don't like to make things easy on myself, uh, my car's an all wheel drive. And um, I forgot that you can't just change one or two tires on them. They all have to match or you mess up the all wheel drive system. So I had to replace all four tires in Saskatchewan in the middle of the night and the tow truck took hours because there was a semi truck that was on fire so the tow truck was like super busy with that so it was cool I just like sat <laughs> on the side of the road thinking about all the life choices I made that led me to that moment um I didn't know at that at that point I didn't know that the car was like wicked overloaded like i had like an inkling because like it was pretty low in the photos um that i post on my adventure but when the mechanic was taking it apart um he was uh he was like you probably don't want to keep going like this because you'll you'll blow these tires out too so um 
yeah, then that started a whole new adventure of trying to find a U-Haul moving truck and a car trailer. And so I moved three times. There was the first time into the trailer, a second time from the trailer into a moving truck, and then the moving truck into my new house. So, okay, so you're in Saskatchewan, you get a moving trailer, like a truck, and where do you leave your car? Are you towing the car behind? Or well, like... Yeah, I, tow I towed my car with the, with the thing, uh, with, with the truck. So that was really fun and <laughs> awesome. Um, and it was like awesome too, because this was in Swift Current where this happened. And um, first off, on a Wednesday, the U-Haul dealer in Swift Current isn't open. They're open every day except Wednesdays. Um, <laughs> but even if they were open, they wouldn't have been able to help me because they didn't have the right stuff. So I had to drive 100 kilometers to like the middle of fucking nowhere in Saskatchewan to a place called Shaunavan, which is like 60 kilometers from Climax, which was the closest I've ever been to Climax on the whole trip. Um, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh, for the whole month, maybe. <laughs> yeah, for the, exactly. <laughs> Um, I wish I took a picture of the sign because I thought it was funny. It was like climax 61 kilometers. Oh my um, God. <laughs> yeah. It's like, are we there yet? Um, so I had to drive out to the middle of nowhere to this like tiny town that I don't understand why it has so much U-Haul stuff. Like it's in the middle of nowhere in Saskatchewan, a hundred kilometers from like the largest town. And this, the guy, John, who was like a really interesting man, um what? had like this treasure trove of u-hauls like he had all these like moving trucks and trailers and stuff and it was just like do people just like move here and then like this shit never leaves or something like it was very strange um so yeah that was fun i had to like dick around with u-haul not him like john was great but it was just like the whole u-haul back end stuff was just a shit show so it took him like an hour just to get stuff sorted so I can have the truck. Um, and then they still billed me like an extra hundred bucks today, which um, I was just like, what the heck? Yeah, so that was interesting um, and unexpected. So, yeah, and I lost a day because of that. So it's like the whole trip like exhausted me. Like I'm just starting to feel a bit human from the trip today. Um I ended up cruising through Kimberly, though, because um, I was going to try and shoot for Kamloops. And I was trying to do Calgary to Kamloops. And um, I got to Radium and was just like, no, I'm not going to. I'm just I'm going to go to like Cranbrook and just uh, crash there and then make my way to, um, to Kamloops from there because I was just like way too exhausted to try oh and make it um which i'm glad i didn't really stop to see anyone in kimberly because uh it's like a covid hotspot apparently oh is it oh my god yeah so for for most of those people that are are tuning in merlin and i grew up in kimberly together we did um, yeah in elementary school we went blanchemont yeah. which is like it's <laughs> i don't think it's an elementary school anymore i think it's like a satellite location for the college of the rockies right but it still says blanchemont elementary on it which <laughs> is kind of hilarious but yeah we went to blanchemont elementary and then i missed out on mckim middle school but came back for high school and right. um and then I'm, i went to japan and 
yeah you did you went to japan um but yeah that was like kind of where you got started with photography right was in the the dark room um at selkirk it was yeah i got back from japan and um there's a girl by the name of cindy kale do you do you know her yeah um she randomly at school one day just said it was my grade 12 year um that I had to do over again because I took off to Japan for a year. But uh, she came up to me and was like, hey, I'm going to go hang out in the dark room with Mr. Jaworski. Do you want to come and hang out? Fucking Eugene. Out. So I, yeah, that's how I first got in, like, into photography, which is super cool. I've always been interested in it and did a lot of shooting with point and shoots when I was a teenager. But um, yeah, and then I think she just stopped going and it was me in the dark room and... And yeah, that's where I fell in love with photography. Nice. I have to admit that I'm not a huge fan of Eugene. <laughs> he's not watching. He's <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think he's watching. I, you know, I don't even know if he's still alive right now. Um, he but had, he had his favorites. I remember. Um, I, I apparently was one of his favorites. So, grade eleven. In grade 11 or grade 10 English, I got an A, and I literally handed my binder to Takara. I shouldn't even say this to Takara, and like she <laughs> basically redid all of my like projects, everything word for word, and somehow she got like a C minus, and I got an A. <laughs> so you can't tell their seriously. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. Man. Um, yeah, so for the listeners out there, Eugene Jaworski was, um, he ran like the yearbook club in the dark room, and then he was also our English teacher and um, a total asshole. <laughs> um, he really wished that he was like Robin Williams from Dead Poet Society. Like, I think he probably had wet dreams of people saying, oh, captain, my captain to him. He did make us do the stand up on the desks thing. Um, which I thought was really contrived and ridiculous in my like grade 11 mind. Um, and yeah, almost, uh, Jaworski, it's like, you know, with a Y, Y, A, W, yeah, something like that. Uh, but he was also like, um, a photographer in, in our town. So he did, um, like portraits and he had like a studio and stuff and, um, yeah, we didn't get along at all. Yeah. <laughs> he accused me of cheating in my grade 12 um, English final because I got one of the highest scores in the province on my multiple choice, but I completely failed my written. And I was just like, I'm just really good at like guessing things on multiple choice. <laughs> I'm terrible at writing shit. <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So you got started with yearbook there. And then I remember running into you in Nelson like a few years later and you were like uh, just getting going with your photography stuff. Yeah, so after after high school, I went to Lethbridge, Alberta. And that was... I'm really uh, sorry about that. Yep, <laughs> worst year of my life. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a real shithole, but... Sorry if anyone's in Lethbridge, I apologize. <laughs> yeah, that's in Alberta right now, which is like the center of COVID for all of Canada. Yeah. Yeah. So Avoid so Alberta. And then um, my 
my boyfriend at the time lived in Nelson and my grandma was actually very sick. She lived in Selma. So I moved to Nelson um, after my first year in university and um, I was going to go through with the university thing. I went back to college, was in first year, doing two years of like teaching um, psychology, et cetera, general studies. And, but I just fell in love with photography. So I worked at the Walmart photo station in Nelson for a few months. That was the worst. And Did you steal film from them? No. No, wait, sorry. It wasn't the photo station. It was the, like, the photo booth. Like, the, I don't even know what you call it. They call it a studio. But your camera is, like, literally stuck on the counter. So oh, okay. it's awful. Like, we'd have, uh, there's quite a large... Um, colony in Preston, BC with uh, very large families, some eight wives with multiple children, and they would come in. Oh, yeah, and all of the inbreeding. And they want me to do a family photo of like 20 people and my camera stuck to the, to, the, to the table. So I really can't do much with that. But interesting experience. Um, soon after that, I moved down to the coast. I wanted, um, I really wanted to pursue photography. So I signed up for Langara, their photography program, and left my boyfriend at the time, and moved here, and then got in a really bad car accident um, the summer before my intake at Langara, and oh. super disappointed. I made it in. It was very difficult to actually get into this program, um, but in hindsight, at that time, it was kind of just film was dying around then. Um, and it was just starting to turn digital. So I think had I, it's a very expensive course. And I think um, if I got in and spent the two years just slinging film for at Langara, I think it would have put me in a ton of debt. And I really wouldn't have learned any of the skills that are pertinent to running a photography business. Um, so I took the next year just trying to heal and physio and whatnot and started doing some part-time courses here at Langara um also um there's a photography school it's not very good it's on uh tent <laughs> in kits. it was awful um there. tell us how you really feel about it <laughs> um um there was some really good photographers there though sorry i do have a two-year-old so we'll see how long i can uh make this happen so no worries so yeah he uh i, I focused on more marketing classes which I think was super smart in order to get into um, just being in business as a photographer I know um, many people definitely struggle with the business side of things so um, after a few years of business school and working my ass off at various jobs and nightclubs <laughs> I started my photography business and did international classes all over the world with a few well-known photographers and it's here I am living in Vancouver and during a pandemic and trying to make a business out of it yeah so how like yeah to answer some questions here we are both in Vancouver right now um and yes yak there's they have shirts in yak where it says I've been to yak and back it's uh it's a really weird place um and you're the DSLR. Yeah, I, I had a Nikon D70 as well. Like, that was my first digital. But you're a Canon person, I remember. Is this me or Jason? 
No, it's 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 you. Yeah, I'm Canon. Um, and honestly, I uh, I don't think it matters too much. I mean, the only reason I I went with Canon was I worked for a short stint in um in Lethbridge. I worked at Japan Camera as a part-time job in university and I just remember the owner when I was asking like what like what I should buy for a camera he he literally just said hold each camera in here and whatever feels best is what you should go with and so that's when I bought my first film camera um I was borrowing cameras non-stop before then so um so yeah my first camera was a Canon and then once they rope you in with all the investments and lenses and gear yeah. it's really hard to trade into anything I've been curious about Nikon and one of my mentors um actually sponsored by Sony shoot Sony back in the day and so it had some curiosity for Sony as well but um it's just yeah I'm still Canon and I'm now moving into videography here and I was had that like little slight urge to be like, do I really want to invest in more Canon gear? <laughs> but um, I'm gonna have to. So it's now is the time to switch. But I just any of the Sony's I've had um, that are more like travel uh, blogger style cameras. I just wasn't really excited about uh, like the focus. I don't know if it was just this particular camera, but just the focus was a bit off. The it just wasn't really shooting to my liking. So. Yeah, I think I'm going to stick with Canon. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> if you're doing video, like Canon definitely is a lot better with video than Nikon is. Like their Nikon's video is kind of shit in their cameras. Is it? Um, it's it's not super ideal. Like I've heard good things about the D500 because with the crop frame, it apparently is really good at doing 4K and stuff like that. So it's not a full frame sensor in it. Um, but a lot of people like shooting with the D500. Um, the video Sorry, is I'm not... loving this Jason Moore film. His comments are hilarious. <laughs> Jason is a fantastic friend of the photography chat. Um, he's actually the gentleman that helped me kick it off in the first oh, episode. Is um, he... Who was it that we talked to in, on my first day on Clubhouse? Was that, that was Jason, that yeah. That was Jason, I thought so, yeah. yeah. So you I also thought... have kind of virtually met him as well. Yeah. <laughs> they like uh you know Sophia says I only shoot with cell phones. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Like my iPhone takes deadly ass pictures. Um I actually probably use my iPhone camera more than I use my Nikon digital. <laughs> well, and I mean honestly right now I'm I'm focused more on like business branding photo video and up until now I've been using my iPhone as a backup for video. Like it's it it takes a really good b-roll and it, it, it's great like if if that's what you got i mean they say the best camera is the one you have in your hand right well and for doing video and stuff like the uh the camera on the iphones is fantastic like um i even use my like old iphone 8 plus for for uh, shooting some stuff and it's great and you can even uh plug in like um <laughs> like road mics and stuff into them as well so you can have better audio with it. Awesome. um so you can use like the the headphone dongle uh, okay. you can plug that in and plug a microphone into it and oh, you can even buy like rigs where you can like put your um your phone into like a rig that'll hold like a light and like a, a boom mic and stuff 
and then give you like more to hang on to it so you can actually right. use it like a real camera. Um, I'm going to have to look into some of that. I didn't realize. Um, that's pretty sweet. I am coming here. <laughs> Elliot wants to say hi. I think so. He's getting a little fussy here. We'll bring him over. This will be your, I hear it's your first toddler on uh, your show. So everybody listen yeah. to Elliot. <laughs> So the video, the visual plane here has a question. Video seems like it's more of a money maker than photography. Is that true? Sorry, so where are the comments? The um, the visual plane says video seems like it is more of a money maker than photography. Is that true? I mean, I think potentially in some ways it could be, but I mean, I guess it all depends on your needs. Like for me. Yeah. For years, I'd shot weddings. Um, say hi. For hi, years, buddy. I, I was shooting weddings, hey. and yeah. you know, I love it. I have hey. a ton of hey. experience in weddings, and I'll probably always hey. shoot them for a select amount of people. Actually, hey. one of my my brides is joined in here. Um, but I've since um, I've shot weddings for twenty years. I'm highly trained in posing and lighting, and I've had some of the greatest mentors and traveled the world with it. I've shot weddings all over the world. But now just with being a business owner myself um, and having a lot of business owner friends, I've kind of fallen in love with telling a small, the story of small business and helping working with small business owners or business owners period in their personal branding or business branding. And for me having the ability to both shoot video and shoot photos um as well as i just completed a digital marketing course today that's today's my graduation day if there is a graduation online <laughs> elliot thinks that's pretty awesome no he just he just uh locked his puzzle pieces together he's he doesn't care about my digital media <laughs> course um <laughs> but he totally cares don't <laughs> don't think he doesn't yeah right so um i think for me whether it just gives, it's another tool for me to tell that this, my client's stories. Um, so yeah, I mean, and it'll probably make me more money for sure, being able to offer more services to benefit my clients, but it's not necessarily um, why I'm doing it, I guess. And I think a lot of people say the, the uh, usual lifespan of a photographer will typically turn into videography anyway i mean whether that's true or not i don't know but and there's uh, another question too uh that someone had hey, is business yeah, school better hey. than art school in your opinion doing a bit of both um again i think that depends on the part like uh, your own particular situation um i wouldn't say it's better i would say if you want to make a business out of photography, um, I think people definitely need to have a certain understanding of business. Um, having a business in photography is not just shooting and editing and it, that would be awesome, but there's, you know, accounting and marketing and um, sales and it's, it's, there's so much more to having a business and I almost find that 
what a lot of small business owners, artists, um, even some of my makeup artist um, friends that have their own businesses here, um, they didn't get that small business training. So it was all just trial and error. And it took a very long time to get to make your business profitable. Mm -hmm. So I think if anyone's thinking of starting a business in any art um, form, then I think business classes are certainly very important for those of um, that are in BC. There is a small business BC um, office where you can gain they have some little like hour and a half little workshops where people can get help with certain things but um just to be able to like learn all encompassing areas of a business is so important because it gets yeah, very overwhelming yeah. when you start and and all you know how to do is take pictures <laughs> elliot agrees with you <laughs> and he's picking it now <laughs> hey i mean there could be gold in them there right that's his latest thing. <laughs> Jason asks, is it Elliot or Elliot? <laughs> is it? I, how come I can't see the... Uh... You might have to scroll. The last one I see is, are you both in Vancouver right now? Oh, you have to like scroll up. Is it up? Okay. Up or down. One, one of the ways will be the right way. Sophia, come to... Is it Sophia or is it Sophia? I think it's so Sophia. Come come to Vancouver. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful here. Um, yeah, it's crazy that you're here, and uh, finally, after four years, and we're sitting on a FaceTime call. <laughs> yeah, we're sitting on a FaceTime call, like you know, ten, like fifteen minutes apart from each other. I know, right? It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen you in years. I know it's been a really. I think the last time I saw you was when I gave you Polaroid. You took this photo. Yes. You took us That's out of right. and I, probably our last time we were in a restaurant before COVID hit. Mam that was at Mammy Taylor's. Yeah, totally. Look at you. Um, Eddie asks, better than Toronto. What's your opinion? Vancouver, Toronto? Is this, are you asking Eddie or me? I'm asking you, because Eddie asked a question about it. Uh, I don't know. I've only been to Toronto a select few times. Um, my ex's parents lived in Toronto, so I got to experience it and I loved going there it was fun I don't know much about it if I'd want to live there though it seemed pretty cool we always had fun We'd... but it was always on on vacation <laughs> so what would you say you have more experience than I do um it yeah it's a tough one because like Toronto Pre-COVID Toronto was a really interesting place because um, there's just like so much vibrancy. And um, when I was thinking about moving out there, a, a mentor of mine told me that I should absolutely, absolutely do it at least for a couple of years because he's like, if you think Vancouver is a multicultural city, it'll look like a hick town after you spend some really? time in Toronto and he he wasn't wrong um at all like um Vancouver really isn't that multicultural compared to Toronto um Toronto's just like it's so fascinating because there's just so many people and there's so many different types of cultures and communities that have like patchworked uh, together there so it's um it's really interesting, but what makes Toronto really cool is being able to go and experience things which you can't really do in COVID times. Right. 
Um, yeah, the visual plane says no natural beauty in Toronto. And that's fair. There, there isn't any natural beauty, but there's more diversity of people. And there's a lot more interesting stuff going on inside of the city. Um, like, really, the only thing Vancouver has going for it is, um, well, the mountains and the water. Um, you know, I've definitely seen more anti-maskers here. In oh, my the short God, time. it's ridiculous. Like... Yeah, I, I've gotten, I've almost gotten a couple fights with people about masks because I keep seeing the nose maskers. Like, and is that the just, people that keep their mask underneath their nose? Yeah, they keep it's it under their insane. nose. Like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, I, I, like, I almost want to go up to them and be like, so, like, when you're about to, like, sleep with someone, do you, like, cut the tip of the condom off before you, like, put it in? Because that's basically what you're doing right now, you <laughs> fucking idiot. Like, um, yeah, so, I, I don't know, like, I, I there, there's, had I not moved to Toronto, I don't think I would have, like, connected with my creative side again because um, right. there was just a lot of really cool creative stuff that was happening there that I hadn't seen in Vancouver in a really long time yeah you really um, do well out there hey, with that, like... yeah it well it, it was just there was access to more interesting labs and stuff um, so it's like you know downtown camera is is a fantastic lab um and a, a great place to buy film uh if you're in canada and you're looking for a place to do mail order i would highly recommend them as well because they do mail order for their laboratory and they also do mail order for film and they have some really great discount programs there um and they're coming up on um their birthday pretty soon here um so yeah downtown camera check them out they're fantastic uh but also like i like bow photo here in vancouver yeah, you they're can. great. Um, I just haven't found a lab that I really love here yet. Um, so it's like, I don't know. I, I didn't move to Vancouver for creative reasons. Like I, I moved right. here for like mental health reasons mostly. Um, so it was, it was like, it was really hard to say bye to Toronto. Um, but COVID, it won. You could always um, come back. <laughs> yeah, one day. Um, so, someone for schools, what would you recommend? For schools, um, honestly, like, where is this? I don't know why I can't see. I've scrolled up and all the way down, and I can't see, um, the questions. Do you know where the person is that asked that? Um, I think they're in Montreal. Okay, I mean, I don't know Montreal that well. Um, I... In BC and Vancouver, I really did love, um, Langer was really good when, I mean, it's been, oh God, I'm dating myself here, like over maybe about 18 years since I went to, you know, college or post-secondary school, um, for photography. At that time, Langer was really great. They had a great, both photography, um, school or classes, plus the, the business side as well, which they could offer, which I think as I mentioned, is really important. Um, however, one thing that I really, um, what really helped me, it wasn't so much going to say a school or a post-secondary institution, but there was a time about, I want to say 15 years ago, where um, 
I kind of started to fall out of love with photography. I was shooting primarily weddings, which is great, but it just wasn't, it wasn't the spark at that time that I wanted. And I had always kind of wanted to, um, as, as I mentioned earlier, when I was 17, I moved to Japan for a year on a student exchange and I've always had a huge passion for travel and, um, wanted to maybe implement that into a career and originally I was in university for um, international management which they got the internet I got the international side was great the management not so much me and statistics aren't friends but um, I've always wanted to do like a diplomatic studies or something to that effect so I was going to leave photography and go back to university and, and follow this dream and then I met a photographer in um, a workshop I did on the island um, it's I forget what the workshop is called there's it's it's always in Shawnigan Lake every year when COVID's not happening but there's one photographer her name is his name is Scott Robert Lim um, very talented ironically Yay. I just got an email from him one of his promo spammy emails but he um, <laughs> sorry Scott <laughs> um, but he was holding international workshops all over the world. Um, he is also a wedding portrait photographer. And I took that original class and then just fell in love with um, both his personality as well as he's a very talent. He's very talented at lighting. Um, so I ended up taking his class in Paris and it was mind blowing to be able to be in another another country with a, a teacher an instructor that is very passionate and a bunch of people from all over the world who are going to the same like very interested in the same thing and um being able like he with Scott's classes he would hire models to come with us um and so we would literally dress them up in like fancy gowns, wedding dresses, and go to like the Louvre or the Eiffel Tower and just learn about different lighting and posing techniques and come back at night and just like, like learn everything photography. And so I think in terms of if you're not wanting to do like a four year photography program, um, perhaps look into some photography, like whatever photography you're really interested in, whether it be weddings or product photography or um, whatever you're interested in um, and check out some great people that inspire you and are doing courses and go check out some of the courses, especially once we get COVID over with and if you're able to travel, if you enjoy travel or sometimes people do travel to our cities to, to teach as well. But um I think it's such a great opportunity. It's not necessarily, um, you know, you don't get a degree at the end of it, but I found doing something like that made me fall back in love with photography. Cause from then I was able to um, shoot weddings all over the world. And I've shot in Japan and Mexico and like all over and to be able to fall back in love with it and have that other passion as your travel, but be able to make it lucrative and make money. Um, it really was, did something for me. And hence why I'm still a photographer because <laughs> I probably would have been into something else by now. <laughs> 
Well, and that's a good point too. Like you don't always have to go to school for, for some stuff. Like, you know, if you can find workshops and things like that to like learn practical uh, knowledge instead of like focusing on theory, totally. um, that can, <clears throat> that can be really beneficial. Like um, I haven't really done that so much in the photography world, but like in, in my professional world, like I never went to school for it. I just worked a lot and got experience and um usually surprises people when they find out i never went to school I, well yeah because you killed it at your at your job you're my guy that any technical computery <laughs> thing i come to i'm like merlin help me out help me <laughs> not not so much anymore now i just do like powerpoint talking to people um i i have to call tech support for help now which is uh, oh dear <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> Because my my dad always asks for help. He's like, "Hey, help me with this thing," and it's just like, "I don't, I don't know." What's going on here? <laughs> um, Fine. You got a comment here from Faye Smith Makeup. What are you doing? Exclamation question marks. <laughs> uh, Faye is my my most loved makeup artist. She's awesome. She actually only lives across the street, and typically she would probably be a fixture at my house. Right now, we're obviously hanging outside on the patio these days, but. Um, she's currently, unfortunately, in quarantine. <laughs> so, oh no! Yeah, I don't know if I should even say anything, but that's yeah. Fair. She's having a. She, she just nothing's happened. She's she doesn't have COVID. She's super safe. She has an amazing business in Vancouver that has been running extremely safe for this whole pandemic. But there, she's just out of precaution. Um, she had a bride a couple weeks ago that tested positive. So just out of precaution, she just wanted to be safe, and so she's staying home for till the eighth. <laughs> Dang. It's really hard in this, this day. Yeah, it's, well, I mean, it's better to be safe than sorry. Like, it's, um, I don't know, this whole, the whole COVID thing is kind of wild right now. Like, I was just, a, a cat sent me an article um, earlier today about how the Ontario police are, like, trying to sue the government because they don't believe that COVID is really a real thing. And that, like, all these restrictions are, like, breaching charter rights and stuff. And it's just, like, if you don't believe it's real, go talk to the people working in ICUs and, you know, the the people working in in healthcare and stuff. Like, yeah, it's definitely a real thing. Oh, totally. Yeah. No, it's crazy. It's it's super crazy. And, um, yeah, because, I mean... All, all of us, they, uh, they, husband is also a photographer. We've all been very fortunate with um, not having too much COVID involved with the business. And then it really puts things into perspective. Um, like I literally, Faye and I were hanging out the night before we, like I said, we get, we work a lot together and um, it was like, oh yeah, I I'm, I'm, was around somebody with COVID. So I'm taking precautions. So then. I mean, she went and got tested and it's all good. She doesn't have COVID and it's, but it just really not split second. You're just like, ah, like it is real and it can, it's when you watch the news, it's not just that person that <laughs> can get it. Like it's really crazy. Yeah. It's, it's super crazy. Have you uh, had the joy of having the COVID test yet? I, uh, I fortunately had the, the spit, like the, just the rinse in my mouth. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I've had I've had like the brain tickle one, and both times it made me sneeze so hard. Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> like somebody, 
in COVID, you're sneezing all over the person giving it to you. Well, and I was just like, pull out, pull out, pull out, because I didn't want to sneeze with it in my, like, face still. So I was like, pull it out. Oh, sneeze. my God. <laughs> um, we had yeah. the unfortunate, our son, back in the summer, he had a, a bit of a fever, and we had the unfortunate circumstance of having to go and give him the test. <laughs> oh, no. Nose. He didn't like that too much. <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't imagine that he would dig that very much. <laughs> Luckily, it um, only happened the once. We don't have him in daycare right now because we're just a bit, I don't know if you'd say worried, but just taking precautions. Yeah, Not interested I mean, in getting the COVID. No, no. Um, especially because we still don't understand the long-term effects of it and, For sure. and whatnot. Um, yeah, I've had a couple of scares. Um so far but you know nothing no covid yet thank goodness um but have the few people i've known who have like caught it which kind of rough like right less than ideal yeah i like the the brain tickle is now um <laughs> the official name of the uh the nasal uh swab <laughs> i also couldn't believe how far it goes <laughs> You know, when, when I got my test, I was like, I almost just want to, like, get it for the experience. <laughs> but then I'm like, oh, it's, it's good. I'll just, <laughs> just gurgle. Wait, because they, they, like, pull out. It's a fucking really long, like, <laughs> wooden Q-tip. And it, like, they almost go all the way. Like, That's it's nasty. just, like, yeah. It's, um, it's pretty, where is it? Don, you have makeup on. I haven't had a reason to put makeup on since I went into quarantine. <laughs> That's fair. Um, you do look very nice today. Well, thank uh, you. Well, Faye is welcome. an awesome makeup artist if anyone is in Vancouver and needs their makeup done. I, honestly, I was like, if Faye wasn't in quarantine, I'd get her to do my makeup today. <laughs> so how has the transition been for you so far, like moving out of like uh, wedding photography more into like the personal branding and, and business uh, photography? Um, it's been great. It's it's kind of happened a little bit organically, I'd, I'd say. Um, I When I was shooting weddings, I was also doing a lot of corporate events. And um, yeah, just with those uh, corporate events, one of my clients is um, YPO, and it's a lot of presidents of different businesses. And um, they, many of the people like have been super supportive in um helping that change because they all you know have businesses so being able to work with them on a lot of um their branding and events and and also part of getting out of weddings was that i mean as you can see i have a child now <laughs> and um just knowing that i'd be working every single weekend every evening um and one day he'll be in school and it just wasn't something I really wanted. I'd like to see my child once in a while. So to be able to choose my hours um, is amazing. And yeah, it's, I mean, I made the switch just kind of when he was, before he was born and, but still shooting weddings here and there. And, um, and then COVID hit like when he was a year. So it's been definitely interesting with that too, but um, I think it couldn't, it couldn't have happened at a better time, I guess, for us. And um, 
it's I, again I can't stress enough like if anybody wants to start a photography business it's it's networking making contacts knowing business um, is is like nine tenths of everything I mean there's certainly better photographers out there than I am but what I think has helped me a lot is knowing the business side <laughs> sorry Ellie's probably thinks we shouldn't um, so yeah no it's been it's been really good and it's still always changing um, and we'll see what happens next with this new thing of video and digital marketing and I'm actually maybe Faye as we just discussed here I feel like she should be in this chat <laughs> and she um she's starting an online academy for for uh, makeup artists hair and makeup artists so I'll be oh, shooting cool. this I'm um, shooting her her videos tutorial video tutorials for this and creating her online platform for her school and I've kind of considered doing the same for myself um but I'm just not sure how that looks in terms of like you know would it be starting your own photography business and like teaching you know little tips and tricks to the business side and what because it really is you have to be a very well-rounded person to do it but we'll see <laughs> maybe that's on the horizon when the, the time i get time yeah Faye says can't wait to get going on this project thank you government grants <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Faye. well i mean that's good that the government is investing in their people they should be doing that more often well, and it's been really a struggle for Faye, too. I mean, I'm very fortunate where I don't have a huge overhead of, um, like, a, stu a huge studio space um, to pay rent on. And Faye, unfortunately, when COVID hit, they had a studio in Gastown. And oh, I, shit. forget me, I, I don't, I think it was, like, eight or 9000 a month that they were paying between her and Joanna. Massive place, Jesus. but... Uh, to have to have that overhead um, is insane. And then to not have any business coming in during a pandemic, like they are, they've since moved because that landlord wasn't very helpful with their, like applying with the, for the rental grants, et cetera. But, um, but I just can't imagine having to go through that. And it's un so unfortunate. I don't know if you've been around the city at all, but so many restaurants that are, we're so awesome. We're shutting down and so many businesses that we like loved prior to the pandemic and it, they're finding it to be a really big struggle. And it's, it's super, super disappointing. It's, it is really sad. Um, Cause I, I did see some of that when I was here like a month and a bit ago, looking at apartments. Um, but like Toronto is also going through like a similar thing with that, where like businesses are just super struggling. And now there's like a string of break-ins that have been going on at all these um, restaurants, like I think around like um, Trinity Bellwoods and, and things like that, where, um, you know, people are just doing smash and grabs and there's literally like nothing for them to take, but it's costing right. these small business owners thousands of dollars to repair all the damage. Awesome. And, you know, these people are just stealing a tip jar that has like 20 bucks in it and, or like, you know, just random things inside. And it's like, things are tough all over, but like, don't make it, don't make it worse for these small businesses. Right. They're like awful. wicked struggling. And I mean, if that was ever a reason to have a universal basic income, 
that is a shining example of how that could definitely help this out. No, for sure. Um, it's, um, yeah, it's definitely a bummer. Um, but there, there's some, like, interesting stuff in that, too, where it's, like, I'm curious of what the rebirth of, like, the new world is going to look like on the back end of this. So when I stopped in, in Cranbrook, um, I had a distant visit with, uh, with a, like, a, a really good old friend of mine, um, Ferdy Belland, who... Um, with a, a group of his pals is um, restoring the old Armand Theater in uh, Cranbrook. Oh, Do you remember wow. that place? Yeah. Vaguely, yes. Yeah, it's like it's, <laughs> it's the old movie theater like right downtown. That It's been closed down um, since shit, like the late 90s. Oh, wow. Yeah, because when the Landmark Cinema went in at Tamarack Mall, right. it ended up like killing I do remember Armand. that place. Yeah, I totally remember yeah, and so him and his friends are rebuilding it to be um, a multi-purpose um, live oh, performance cool. venue. Cool. And um, yeah, it's it's really cool just to like you know hear their plans for it and um, like the vision. And you know, hopefully by the time it's it's ready, like you know, next year, uh, COVID will finally be winding down because people are going to need that kind of stuff. Because like on top of like all the restaurants that are closing down and stuff, it's just really sad. All of the like live music and in performance venues that have been like affected by this, um, you know, it's just sad to see all those places just kind of go the wayside. Like, oh, I know. Oh, I can't wait to go to a concert again. <laughs> yeah, same. Like, you know, I was just thinking about like the Imperial the other day. Um, I'd love to go see like another show at the Imperial or the rickshaw. Um, oh. You know, I love those like kind of divey places. <laughs> My last concert was at the Commodore right before it, before this all hit. And... Oh man, the Commodore is such a cool venue. So for for anyone that hasn't been to Vancouver and hasn't experienced um, a show at the Commodore, it's like a truly magical experience. Cause like when you get in there before the show, it has these like cool big windows on either side of the building. Um, Cause like one side of it's on Granville street and the other side of it's in like an alleyway. Um, and on those sides, there's these big windows. But when the show's about to start, there's these like gates that come down and close the windows. So it's like all of a sudden it starts getting dark in there and uh, you, you know that like the show's about to start. And then there's a, uh, a rap song that um, you know, Imagination Street Trunk did, where they talk about um, you know make it bounce like the floor of the Commodore. So the dance floor of the Commodore has like old like tires and straw and stuff on it, which make it bouncy. They redo. They actually, they just redid that floor. I my one of my really good friends is the head chef for. Did they get rid of the tires? I don't. I don't think. That I. I they'll know they redo it every few years they put a bottle of scotch under the floor and every time they redo it they go and they have to like dig out this scotch and that's what they drink it every time like every time they redo it i don't know if they got rid of it or what happens but they definitely redid the floor recently because dan was in there and like digging for that scotch but nice. that was just before covid hit and yeah it's an amazing venue and such a cool venue it's such an old building and we, like I mentioned, our really good friend is um, 
the head chef at, for Live Nation. And so we got, we went for food um, at the, there's like a little, it used to be a little bar next door called the Bottleneck. And unfortunately, yeah. I think it shut down. Um, but we went for drinks there and uh, it, was, it was a really, it was a sold out show. Um, and we were able to get in through Dan. Thank you, Dan. And we went out like in the back they have this rickety old elevator that has like this huge door that like shuts it's like an old wooden elevator from like a hundred years ago and it's freaky as hell to go up it and so we had to, <laughs> to get into the show we had to go in through the back and go up this rickety old elevator and then go into the kitchen to be able to get in it was awesome um yeah it was i can't wait to go to another concert <laughs> yeah i vancouver used to have such a cool music scene like back in the day um just like so many neat shows like i remember seeing a crazy punk show in this like weird like basement cave under the amsterdam cafe oh crazy yeah i think they've renovated it and they've turned it into a smoking lounge but like before it was just this like dank like cavern where there would just be like these these punk shows that would go on there um yeah like there there's all sorts of like cool cool shit here so many is there any is i mean the scene in toronto has got to be pretty good too no oh man the music scene in toronto is great too like the danforth uh music hall was a really great venue saw a lot of really great shows there um you know, the Velvet Under Underground was a cool venue too. Um, the Bovine Sex Club was like probably one of like my favorite places to go to see um, like punk bands and stuff. But it also had this rooftop tiki bar. Awesome. And um, yeah, it was the, such a cool place to go have a drink in, in Toronto because like it was just completely like open air. Um, so when the weather was nice, like you just get this like really cool... Uh, view of the city and stuff and uh yeah there's lots of really great um venues there my least favorite venue was the, the budweiser stadium that place sounds like fucking shit um, but i saw some cool shows there um it just it reminded me of um do you remember how awful the plaza of nations sounded like when it was all yes. glass back in the day it's, like, it's, it's worse than the plaza of nations really? back in the day. yeah Brutal. Yeah. yeah, I the Plaza Nations was so bad. I saw um, the Herbalizer there once, and the sound was so fucking terrible that I left because I was just like, I can't, I can't uh, deal with this. It was like yeah. really echoey, wasn't it? Like just. It was super echoey, yeah, because just all of the, um, all the glass. Brutal. Yeah. But one day, when, when COVID's over, we'll be able to um, enjoy these things again. Totally. So what are, you, what are you up to now in Vancouver in terms of shooting? Do you have any new projects coming up? Or... Um, yeah, I have to like retool my, um, my bodega project. So I was going to do like a follow-up to the convenience store book. And initially, I was like planning on... Um, shooting um stuff as i drove across sorry i'm like distracted because there's like a spider that's like coming towards my oh my god my I'd freak out. <laughs> I would uh, freak out. i'm not like a super huge fan of spiders but like 
they get the silverfish, so I'm gonna like let him sort of like. We we've had an live. influx of spiders in our patio, and I'm just like, go away. <laughs> yeah, he's like straight up coming at me, bro. Fuck off, seriously. <laughs> go the other way. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I don't want to kill you. Um. Yeah. So it's like I was I was initially planning on like shooting convenience stores as I drove across Canada, um, but. That plan didn't really work out because of COVID and everything. But I've noticed that there's like a ton of cool little convenience stores in Vancouver. So um, I'll just do a Vancouver book of convenience stores. Out of all of the businesses, like there are some really random convenience stores in Vancouver. And it makes me wonder how they're making it. Like, Um, well, it it always makes me think of Half Baked when he's like Bodega. Like, there's that that sketchy one on Broadway. It, it was across from Chicha. I don't know. Oh yeah. And it just it's like photocopies and like chips and like lotto and it's like it's so sketchy. You don't even want to like go in there. And I'm still it's baffling to me. Like all those restaurants and everything have been ripped out and like it's still going strong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. Well, yeah, someone said the convenience stores are disappearing, and and they are. Like I, um, like shit. Like, do you you remember the like uh, convenience store that used to be in the Platzel next to the Chinese food restaurant, right? Yes, I do. I totally do. Uh, it was uh, Jones Jones Superette. Okay. Yeah. Um, like there used to be all all sorts of stuff like that when we were kids. Because it was either you'd go to Jones in the Platzel or Jim Bob's. When, Jim when Bob's is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I haven't heard that in so long. Yeah, Jim Bob's is still there. And so so are the same shitty houses that I used to live in. Oh, my God. Um, I took a couple of pictures of them when, when I was there. Um, yeah, it's so but it's cool to see that they still sort of exist here and it was interesting learning more about them when i was in toronto from people there because um they used to be like the community hubs so it's like before like facebook and like social media and cell phones and things like that like that would be where people would go to meet up um and you know now um you know now it's 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 kind of we don't really need those kind of hubs anymore because um, they just don't, uh, they're not as relevant now because like we've got like, you know, computers in our pockets and, and things like totally. that. Um, yeah. And the good convenience stores had like the best video game. They, yeah. I remember that, you know, in Fort St. John, there was like uh, one there had a Neo Geo game cabinet, which was like super badass. Um so yeah, that that's the one project, and then um, the blowing my tires out is setting this one project a bit behind. But um, I'm planning on getting into large format photography. Okay. So picking up an eight by ten camera and doing like eight by ten Polaroids and um, doing eight by ten exposures on like uh, photographic paper um, and just mucking around with that. Um, yeah, I was thinking of, like, if I could find a cheap enough studio space. Because um, I saw some, like, pretty affordable studio spaces. Maybe, like, renting one and setting some stuff up there so I could 
dick around with the, the big old cameras? Um, Faye's husband, actually, I don't know if she's still in this room, but um, uh, Faye's husband actually has a photo studio. I'm not really sure what his rates are um, or whatnot, but you might be able to contact, like, talk to him. It's just up on, I think, like, Southeast Marine Drive, I think. Okay. Um, it's, I think, Vancouver Photo Studios, it's called. And, of course, once we get our uh, COVID lessons a bit here, if you ever just want to use, like, a room where, like, you could also use MySpace, too, but there's a lot of windows, so I don't know if you'd need something that you can cut the light out, or I think Brandon's space is a little bit darker. So he can really control the light a lot better. Well, I like lots of light. Okay. There's so yeah, I need to be in my space too. Nice. Well, definitely, we'll we'll have to play with uh, with that because um, the eight by ten Polaroids I think are going to be a lot of fun because um, they're just literally a big, massive Polaroid. That's awesome. Um, I want to. Yeah. I'm glad you're in Vancouver because I yeah I, I got I have a couple of film cameras that I haven't dug out in years and i off the local buy nothing page um there's a polaroid camera that's been circulating and i currently have it um i've had it which for polaroid is that one i don't know what it is and i knew you're gonna ask me and i was gonna try to pull it out right before us chatting and uh uh-oh 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 is he okay Oh no. He's just like, no, I don't want you to kiss it better. That's okay, no worries. Now he's like, he's all cool about it. The visual plane here asks if I'm going to channel any Fred Herzog vibes. Um, I, I don't know. I really do like Fred Herzog's work and um, Big Head Taco, who's uh, a, a friend of mine, um, actually used to know Fred Herzog. And um, so I'll, I'll probably, you know, when it's safe, spend some time with, with Take, um, you know, going to do some shooting and uh, maybe... We'll, we'll see if we can channel a bit of Fred. Um, yeah, I want to let's hang out and inspire me to get back in some more films. We'll get I can the, see uh, he's like trucking around there and just doesn't care. What's amazing, <laughs> our, our neighbors are out on the patio, on their patio, and their, their daughter is about a year and a half. So they're buddies. It's nice to have a little friend here for Elliot. Um, have you... Has he played with cameras yet at all? Actually, he has a little wooden camera um, that I bought for our uh, birth announcement. And it's like made in China. It said it was like some nice little like art handmade wooden camera. And it just, he grabbed it yesterday or this morning and it fell apart. So I'm like, yeah, it's made in oh, China. No. <laughs> That's a bummer. He, he knows he calls it camera and he knows what it is, but it all just fell apart this morning, so that's better. No. <laughs> he loves the, the iPhone though. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting how they take off with it. Like I got um I gave my niece a DSLR when she turned five. Oh awesome. And was a little freaked out 
about like if it was going to be too crazy for her, but like it was an old digital rebel that I got for like 80 bucks off of someone. So it's like, if she breaks it, it's no big deal. Totally. Um, but yeah, she took off with it. And then on my way through Kamloops, I gave um, all of the nieces and nephews Canon PowerShot digitals. Oh, wow. And um, yeah. <laughs> but it was it was really cool to just see them take off because I thought it would be fun for them to have something a little bit smaller than like the DSLR to like truck around with, especially because like Glenn's kids um, are like really into like skateboarding and like active stuff and everything. Um, so something with video I thought would be cool and those power shots awesome. do like a really great job at shooting video. Um, but it's just How like me. How old are they now? Um, five and seven. Crazy. Yeah, and it was wild, like, <laughs> seeing how they took off, like, immediately they figured out how to do selfies, and I'm like, oh, how crazy. do you little guys know what selfies even are right now? Right, like, and what's funny is, like, every child I've ever seen is, like, if I'm shooting, like, I, I do a lot of family portraits as well, and every child is always, like, wants to see the back of the camera and when, when we were kids like there wasn't a back of the camera it was you yeah. throw your film in and you like wait for two freaking weeks and hope that something like worked out <laughs> unless you were like a really rich family that had a polaroid right <laughs> yeah we we weren't <laughs> I, i'm like did i have a pull i didn't get a, i didn't get my first polaroid until i went to japan and it was just because those was that was what japan is all about it's like cool little polaroid cameras so yeah, the Fuji Instaxes. Yeah. Those things are great. Yeah, it was fun. I wonder if I still have that kicking around. It's crazy. It is crazy. Well, definitely. We'll have to, like, get you shooting film. Um, I have so many film cameras that you can muck around with. Oh, that's awesome. And, yeah, you'll have to check out the what I have and see what's worth shooting. Um, I'm so out of the loop when it comes to film cameras nowadays. It sucks because I had... I had full um, developing equipment when I moved down here. I like trekked it down here. I bought it in Nelson and I ended up about seven years ago, giving it away for free on Craigslist. Cause I just had no room to store it. Yeah. <laughs> so It's too bad. Cause it would have been fun to get back in the dark room again. Well, I have all of the dark room stuff. I just have nowhere to put it. I know. Right. That's <laughs> so the problem. I have like an enlarger and like all of the things. Where is and... it right now? Um, in my kitchen. No way! You like brought it here. That's insane. Yeah, yeah, it's it's here. Like, it's still in the box in my kitchen, and then like all the trays are like up on a shelf, and then like all the chemical stuff is, it's all over the place. Um, and that was like one of the things I was hoping to find a studio because I saw a couple studio spaces that had sinks in them. I was just like, that'd be dope because like I could maybe build like a dark room around the sink to like right. work with chemicals um because I, I miss doing that kind of shit i mean i honestly i haven't even been up to uh brandon's studio bay i don't know if you're still here but um um I, like i think as from what i know it's like a huge studio and it's shared by three different photographers i don't know oh i lost your sound your sound one way. Can you still hear me? Hello? Oh no. Your sound's gone. Is it my sound? 
Hello? I'm not sure what happened. <laughs> Your audio went away. Oh, man. We're just having some technical difficulties. Well, you can hear me, but I can't hear Dawn anymore. Her, her audio went away. And then she's frozen now. <laughs> okay, are you there? No, your audio is gone. She can't recon, she can hear what the hell. Yeah, I think it's on your end. I guess we lost you. Oh, um, oh, did your AirPods die? No? Huh. Yeah, I can't hear you at all. This is why we still do photography instead of video. That's <laughs> yeah, totally fair. Um, maybe try Xing out of the video and then I'll invite you back in and we can, we can see if that works. It's like a little X in the corner and then I'll invite you back into the video. Well, that's weird that you had your like logo in there. Well, I guess we could just cap it off here and um, I'll, I'll let you get back to, to Elliot and um, thank you for being on the chat with me. And um, I look forward to going on some photo adventures with you here in Vancouver. And um, yeah, thanks everyone for tuning in. Um, next week, I'm going to be taking next week off, um, but we'll have some interesting guests the week after. And uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in. I appreciate everyone. And uh, yeah, stay safe out there. All right. Cheers, everyone. Okay, bye.